0: I invite you to turn in your Bibles to 1 John chapter 5. I'll be reading a single verse today, verse 13, 1 John 5, 13, but before doing so, I ask you to join me in prayer. Heavenly Father, with your living and active word before us, and because of life in Jesus Christ, the word made flesh, we ask that you cause your word to sink deeply into our hearing, shaping us. And now, Lord, in your kindness, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you. And we pray this through Jesus, our rock, fortress, and redeemer, and all of God's children said, Amen. 1 John five thirteen. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. Thus far the reading of God's Word and all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Throughout John's letter, he repeatedly lets us know why he is writing. He provides to us road sign reminders along the way. You open the letter and John is clear. I will tell you why I have written. Now, have you ever received and read someone else's mail? Imagine this with me, if you will. There's a stack of mail on the table. You are shuffling through the pile. You pick one up, and you don't pay close attention to the address. You slice it open, unfold the letter, and you start reading. And you go, Honey, I don't know what this is all about. What is this? Feats of strength and the airing of grievances? Who sent this? And then you look more closely, and you realize it's... Your neighbor's mail. Oops. One way to get to know your neighbor. Now perhaps you have received your mail. You're reading your mail. And you don't know why you received it. John is clear about why he has written. He writes to assure us in our relationship with the life giver. You are the children of God. Let me tell you about this. Verse 13, these things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, so that you might know that you have eternal life. John's writing to those who believe in the name of the Son of God, the Son of God, uh, the one who received the testimony of the water of baptism, the blood of the cross, and the Holy Spirit, all saying, yes, this one is the Son of God. Yes. He writes this letter so that you may know, you may be assured, you may be confirmed that you have eternal life. Eternal life. Yes. Ongoing life. Eternal. In contrast to ongoing eternal life. Death, But that's not all John means by this phrase. It's also eternal in the sense of you now have the life of the ongoing age. All other ages fulfilled in this age. This age will keep going. You now have life in the continuing era. You now have life in the living age. All of this was ushered in by the Son of God. I'm writing to confirm to you that this is for you. So now, this is how John starts wrapping it all up. He's taking the strands and the themes of the letter, and he's coming in for a landing. He's bringing it to a close. These things I have written to you. Thus, you've got mail. These things I have written. This phrase, these words I have written, are used repeatedly throughout the letter. These things. We ask, what things? Someone could say the entire letter. And so that you're not nervous thinking that I'm going to rehearse the whole epistle. I want you to know that I think, however, what would be helpful would be to just pause and take a peek at each of the times John mentions this phrase, this is why I've written, so that we can see just why he is written. That's it. That's that. Well, the very first time John uses the phrase is in chapter 1, verse 4, right after he says this. I'm going to open this letter by speaking of the bursting forth of a new world, a new creation language. That which was from the beginning which we have heard, which we have seen, which we have touched with our hands. What? The very word of life. The very life-giving word. The creative word. The old world is fulfilled in a new world, in a new creation. The word creates. John is bursting forth with this message. And he says, it is all fulfilled in Jesus. John writes, so that his and their joy may be made full. God keeps his promises. God keeps his word. The creator has actually entered creation, and it's a new world. So John says, there's great joy. That's why I'm writing, there's great joy. There's a new world fulfilled in Jesus. Now the next time this phrase is used is in chapter 2, verse 1. My little children, I am writing these things to you, so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. Hmm. John is writing to the church, and the church includes sinners. Sinners who sin regularly, who regularly confess their sins and regularly receive pardon. We are assured of this because we have a defender, an advocate, a paraclete who stands for us and represents us. Our advocate actually speaks for us. The living word speaks on our behalf. John does not write this letter saying, You know, I'm going to let you know why I'm writing this letter. Um, go ahead and sin. I know you're going to do it anyway. I know you are a raging mess. I know even you sometimes love your sin. So just cut loose and go ahead and do it. Instead, John writes, "I, I, I don't want you to go there. I know it will happen. You know it will happen. And we all know that we are often snared and snagged by the same sin over and over and over. I, I'm writing to you about that. My little children, I'm writing these things to you so that you will not, may not sin. And if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. Now, instead of... Dis, uh, despairing that you are a complete loser. John is saying, look to the Lord who is a complete Savior. He keeps on forgiving. It's not just the beginning. It keeps happening. I love the way Javier Garcia phrased it as he described the body of Christ. He said, the church is the house of forgiveness for the repeat offender the house of forgiveness for the repeat offender. He goes on, he says, the house of God is a house full of those in need of forgiveness. Still. The apostle Paul did not say that Christ Jesus died for us while we were yet sinners so as to make us the kind of people who no longer need a Savior. That's not what he said. So John's opening point, why is he he writing? Great joy. Next point, why is he writing? Great forgiveness. It keeps on going. Well, the next time John uses this phrase, why I'm writing, is also in chapter 2 of 1 John. Chapter 2, verses 7 and 8 to show that there is a new life because of the word of life. John says in verse 7, I am not writing to you a new commandment, but I am writing to you one which you have had from the beginning. Love one another. John, John then hits the brakes. He hits pause. He, he was it, wait, wait a minute. Actually, hold on. Hold, hold on a tick. Uh, just a minute. Uh, As a matter of fact, actually, yes, I am writing to you a new commandment. Uh, It's both old and it's new. What's new about it? It's new in Him, Jesus, and because you are in Him, it is new in you. Love one another. The old and new commandment. We live in a new way with an ancient commandment, which has been fulfilled in our advocate, by our advocate. Who loved us and gave himself for us. John says, I'm writing because of great love. Oh, the next time John uses it, he uses it a whole bunch of times. John chapter 2, verses 12 and 13 and 14. So John keeps going. He explains again the why of the writing of this letter. I'm writing to the entire congregation, I'm writing to little children. Yes, you should be here. I'm writing to fathers. I'm glad you are here. And I'm writing to young men. I'm glad you're here. Little children and fathers and young men. A representative sample of the congregation. Those who are starting, those who are finishing, and the strong tendons in between. Each of you are different. Yet every one of you share in the new world of the Messiah. Whatever your particular age or stage, you are not alone. You not only have life in the Messiah, little children, fathers, young in betweeners, but you also have life with one another. John writes to say, You've been given great gifts, community, one another, look around. Well, John keeps going, chapter 2, verses 21, 26, and the rest after that 26. John keeps going, and he says, I am writing to you so that you will not be bamboozled, deceived, or buried under a pile of balderdash about Jesus. John presents the truth about Jesus the Christ, and he points out that some have said, nope, not going to go there. And John says, they are anti-Christ. John draws a line of divide and says, "Uh, that's not the case with you. I'm writing to you because you do know the truth about Jesus. And this knowing is not because of you, because of how sharp you are. This knowing is because of the presence of the Holy Spirit. It is this Holy Spirit who is constantly pointing away from you, from us, to another John writes to those who are pro-Christ, not anti-Christ. And the Holy Spirit is saying, it is him, it is him, it is Christ, it is Christ. And this is the primary work of the Holy Spirit, to point to Jesus. So John is saying, I'm writing because you have great guidance. Hmm. Finally, this phrase is used in our passage today. I am writing these things to you. You are part of a new world. You have new life. You belong to the ongoing age which the Messiah brought in. You can know this. You can be assured of this. Why? Because of everything that the Lord has provided. Everything that the Lord has done on our behalf. You have great assurance. So let's conclude this. John writes because of great joy, great forgiveness, great love, great gifts, great guidance and great assurance. Once again, we see that First John is a letter of pastoral affection dealing with real cares and concerns of real people in the congregation. Are really part of a new world? Is there really ongoing forgiveness? Is there really a great love, great gifts? Is there great guidance, and is there any assurance at all? Yes. John says, "I write these things to you." He does not twirl about in some kind of ballroom blitz. John lets us know precisely why he has written. Why this letter? Why you've got mail? Let me summarize. I am writing to you because there is a new world fulfilled in the Messiah. The living, creative word. I am writing because there is ongoing forgiveness for ongoing sinners. I am writing because we all know we are supposed to love one another and we all frequently fail in this, yet Jesus has accomplished this for us. I'm writing to remind you that you are not alone. Look around. There's no reason to go solo. I'm also writing because you know the truth in Christ. And you are not anti-Christ. And finally, I am writing because all of this, all of this is outside of us and comes to us. And that's why it gives us great assurance. Lord willing, a bit more on this next week when we deal with confidence. So, what more can be done? What else do you need? Read it, receive it, and give thanks because you've got mail. Heavenly Father, confirm your promises to us, particularly in the sure word of your Son, who became flesh and dwelt among us. May we be found in him, not having a righteousness of our own, but a constant and ongoing and growing trust because of your abundant love with which you have loved us. We pray this in the matchless name of Jesus and all of God's people said, Amen. Amen.